This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network. There are five key steps growers and advisors can take to reduce the emergence and also manage the impact of fungicide resistance. In our last podcast with Grant Holloway from Agriculture Victoria, we looked at the importance of avoiding varieties that are susceptible to commonly occurring diseases in order to reduce your crop's vulnerability. In this episode, we delve into step two of the fungicide resistance five, which is the importance of good crop rotation. To discuss this, I'm joined in the Afrin studio by Jeff Thomas, Research Scientist with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development, Western Australia. Jeff, thanks for joining me. No problems at all, Drew. Good to talk to you, Matt. Jeff, let's start a little bit with your background and expertise. You specialise in cereal and lupin pathology. How significantly do fungal pathogens feature in your work? I work in foliar diseases primarily, and foliar diseases in cereals and lupins caused by fungal pathogens are really the key focus of the work I do here in the plant pathology group for DPIRT. Well, if, if that's the key work that you do then, have you noticed any changes in the incidence or nature of fungal diseases in crops? I guess the frequency and severity of individual diseases sort of waxes and wanes over time dependent on a number of factors like the key varieties or the environment. But I guess one of the things that over my time working in the department has been that there is probably an increased frequency of cropping and probably a, a reduction in the non-crop or pasture phases in many enterprises. And that means that there is, generally speaking, a bit more inoculum in the system and probably more of a use of things like fungicides as a major component of disease management. Are there external factors contributing to it as well? Climate change, for example? So environmental factors, um, changing rainfall patterns and things like that absolutely will impact on which diseases are occurring in an annual sense. But also, I guess, we can see that there is a change, there can be a change in the pattern of some diseases as some environments maybe get wetter or there is more cropping in some regions as, as the climate begins to change. Jeff, about the only thing I learned at school about agriculture was crop rotation. It's pretty much a bit of an ancient wisdom. Have advances in crop breeding and chemical science reduced its importance at all? No, not really, I don't think, no. As you mentioned, there's been significant advances in breeding and chemical science, but there are the sort of the agronomic, I guess, and the, the farming system benefits that you might be able to accrue from crop rotation, including the use of things like pastures and grazing and fallow phases, I guess. They still remain as important things that, that farmers can do, absolutely. Maybe just building on that a little bit, Jeff. are there some other basic principles of crop rotation and its potential benefits? I guess in its simplest sense, crop rotation, I guess, is really the practice of growing a different type of crop or pasture or whatever in one location. So basically not having the same crop in sequence across a number of growing seasons. And I mean, the benefits could be something as simple as just the diversification of risk that you get in your farming enterprise. Um, the nutritional benefits that you might be getting from a nitrogen fixation from the inclusion of legumes in the system and certainly say in Western Australia that legume component's a pretty interesting one on some of our infertile sandy soils lupins or legume pastures have significant nutritional and disease management uh, benefits in the following wheat crop. Well, on that point, Jeff, disease management, I mean, this podcast is an Afrin podcast. 
So how does rotating crops really help reduce fungal disease pressures? If we talk about diseases that have a stubble-born phase, so where this year's crop is carrying the inoculum for the following year, then quite literally by moving away from that inoculum, you're just avoiding the inoculum and then what you expect is over a period of time without a host crop, so where you grow some non-host crops, the level of that inoculum will diminish and then when you next plant a host crop into that paddock, the level of disease should be less, just literally due to the lower level of inoculum in the paddock. And Jeff, just to close the loop, how does that help limit the development of fungicide resistance? How can that have an effect on fungicide resistance? Well, I guess high levels of disease are one of the factors that can contribute to the need for fungicide and therefore uh, can help to develop fungicide resistance. So by including crop rotation, we can reduce the disease pressure and, and reduce the requirement for fungicide. Jeff, let's focus specifically on a disease. Spot form net blotch with reduced sensitivity and full resistance to group 7 SDHI fungicides was recently detected near Cunderdon in Western Australia. A couple of contributing causes were identified, including the main subject of this podcast, which is crop rotation or lack of it. What can you tell us about this case and what does it actually tell us about the importance of crop rotation? If I just broaden out for a second, in WA, there's a significant portion of the barley area in WA that's sown into barley stubble. So basically that's sown without rotation. And in many cases, paddocks can have multiple continuous barley crops. And so we're doing the opposite of what I'm talking about, where we're actually exposing those crops regularly to disease in the stubble and disease from very early on in the season because uh, the new crop is growing directly through the stubble with the disease on it. And so one of the risks for SDHI resistance, obviously, in those sort of circumstances, if growers are using a product like uh, Fluxoporoxad to protect those crops as they emerge through stubble from the spot form net blotch, that is an effective fungicide. In these lower rainfall environments, what we find that is that often with the lower rainfall, the level of disease as the season progresses may in fact be diminishing. And so there is almost a reduced perception of need for a follow-up fungicide. And so often these crops are maybe receiving only the seed dressing as the fungicide they get. What happens, of course, is when you sow another barley crop into that stubble and then use that same seed dressing fungicide again, actually what you're doing is uh, exposing the fungus, the spot form net blotch, to repeated doses of that SDHI fungicide. So in circumstances where continuous barley is sown with the same product being applied to seed, we're getting high level of selection pressure on that fungicide from in that disease. Jeff, maybe to build on a little bit further, you mentioned the same barley variety was planted year on year. How can rotating varieties then help reduce the risk of fungicide resistance developing? The thing to remember about uh, rotating varieties or changing varieties is that by selecting varieties with a higher level of resistance, we are reducing the requirement for fungicide application. And so where varieties with improved resistance are available and agronomically suitable, then selecting those varieties just means that we're not using as much fungicide and therefore that's going to reduce the pressure on that fungicide to manage disease. Jeff, we talked about some of the basic principles of crop rotating earlier on, but does this alter the value of rotating crops as well? Is planting different varieties of one crop a viable rotation strategy? Probably not really. For one thing, if we concentrate on one constraint, spot form net blotch, 
we could miss out on other constraints, for example, net form net blotch. And so there is that component that we might just be trading one thing for another in terms of in terms of you know, the differential resistances apparent in a variety. And we also need to remember that sometimes we have to protect our varieties in terms of not exposing them to too much disease pressure. Jeff, a contributing factor at Cunderdon was an apparent lack of fungicide rotation. That's another of the fungicide resistant five that we're going to cover in detail in an upcoming podcast. But Jeff, as, as an integrated disease management specialist, can rotating fungicides reduce the need to rotate crops or vice versa? Again, no. Basically, rotating crops is a management approach in and of itself. Rotating fungicides is absolutely important for fungicide resistance management. Rotating crops means that we're actually looking at uh, reducing disease pressure and we're also looking, as we've said previously, to reduce risk in our farming system, integrate things like legumes into our rotation. So, so it's an important component of an integrated of a fungicide resistance management approach through rotating fungicides, but no, it doesn't replace the need for crop rotation. So in other words, crop rotation is one of those core cropping practices that should always be part of farming from what you're saying. Absolutely. I think there are many benefits, one of which is obviously disease management. And one of the, uh, the byproducts of that is reducing the risk associated with fungicide resistance. Jeff, thank you for the update on what is some pretty ancient wisdom there. Jeff Thomas, research scientist with the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development Western Australia, thank you for joining me in the Afrin studio. No problems at all, Drew. Good to talk to you, man.